Welcome to this week's Point Community Church Sunday Sermon. If you'd like to learn more about the Point Community Church, please visit our website at tpcc.org.au. There you go, we're starting a series on church. So why are you at church today? Uh, If you're a member of the Point, how come you're a member of the Point? If you're here tonight and you're on holidays, well, how come you come along to church on a holiday? Uh, If you're here because you're checking out God, why did you come along to a church to hear about God? What, What is church all about? Why commit to a church? A community for community in a disconnected world? For hope in a seemingly hopeless world. Uh, maybe you're looking for peace in a very restless life. Uh, maybe life is a mess and so you, you, you've come along, you've tried everything else and, and here you are. Uh, maybe you're here just because you know God said you should be. Well, as we've already heard, uh, we are beginning an eight-week series in church. I'm looking forward to this series. The preaching series is titled Church, Enjoying God's Masterpiece. And so through our preaching and through our point groups, uh, we will be hearing about the importance and the privilege and the joy of church. Now that's timely, I think, because we're living and breathing in a culture that resists institutions and authority. Uh, and, and I sort of get that resistance as well. There, there is a long list of dangerous institutions, dangerous authority figures. And so it's good for us that we're going to pause and spend eight weeks thinking about God's institution and what he has to say about his church. And, and furthermore, the local church is the hope of the world. And, and that's not just a, a hype up, oh, The point is awesome. Uh, The point's not awesome. But Jesus is. Jesus is awesome. Uh, The Bible tells us Jesus created the universe. We have this song that we sing. It's got a line in it of him. He flung stars into space. That Jesus humbled himself to be born as a baby to be ridiculed, to be mocked, to be murdered so that he could create his church. Jesus is the reason we commit to church. Jesus died to create his church. Both his universal cosmic church and every authentic local expression of church. I'm excited for the next eight weeks. Now, this week, we're just going to focus on those verses from 1 Peter that Steve read out and uh, the the fact that we are God's people. Uh, Why do Christians commit to local churches? Because we are God's people. There you go, sermon finished. Any questions? 
Well, what does it mean to be God's people? That, that's, we're going to look at that in a bit more detail. Here's how we're going to attack uh, the verses tonight. Um, who we are, so if we're God's people, okay, what does that mean? Who, who, uh, who are we? And then what do we do? And then fueling up. That'll make sense when we get to it, all right? So don't worry, but who, who we are, who God's people are, what God's people do, and fuel up. That's where we're headed. So firstly, who God's people are. Remember, this is a series. We're beginning a series on church. And the subtitle is Enjoying God's Masterpiece. If we're to enjoy church, it's important to know who we are. That This is a great place to start. And so if you've got your Bible open, 1 Peter. Let's have a read of those verses again. 1 Peter, chapter 1, very beginning, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, isn't that weird? If we write a letter, we put our name at the end. When they wrote letters in the first century, they put their name at the beginning. So we know this letter is from the apostle Peter. And it is to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. Now, you all know where that is, don't you? No, but let's put that up. That is modern-day Turkey. That's that's who Peter wrote this letter to 2,000 years ago. Christians that have been dispersed in that region of the world. Modern-day Turkey. So they're elect exiles, they're dispersed, and they're elect exiles, verse 2, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for a sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And so the first thing that we're told is that we are elect exiles. Now, at the end of the sermon, I'm going to come back to that exile bit, but elect. Now, we spent the last two weeks looking at Abraham. And, and we heard that Abraham was chosen by God. And we were also reminded that it wasn't because Abraham was choice. God didn't choose Abraham because Abraham was choice. He he was a pagan worshipper like everyone else. Abraham, God chose Abraham because God loved Abraham. So too with us. We're, We're elected, we're chosen by God because of God's love. And then note what else is said about us in verse 2. God the Father foreknew our election. God the Spirit sanctifies us. And God the Son sprinkles us, washes us in His blood. And so here's a little aside. Uh, The word Trinity, we don't find it in the Bible. Some people like to say, well, why do you guys believe in a God who's a Trinity? The word Trinity is not found in the Bible. True, the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. But over and over and over again, We hear about God the Father doing things only God can do. God the Son doing things only God can do. God the Holy Spirit doing only things that God can do. And so while the word Trinity is not in the Bible, God, one God as three persons is described over and over and over again. Here's one of those places in the Bible where God's described as a Trinity. Okay, important Christian teaching, end of the little aside, back to who we are. We are people that God knew 
from before creation, according to the foreknowledge of God. Brother, sister, don't ever feel insignificant. God knew you before you were born. And then we're told that uh, we are sanctified by the Spirit, for the sanctification of the Spirit. Uh, Sanctification, a fancy word for set apart. My toothbrush is set apart for my teeth and not yours, okay? Let's just get that clear. It's set apart for cleaning my teeth, not cleaning the sink. God the Spirit sets God's children apart for God. And then we're told that Christ, we're sprinkled with his blood. There's a Christian way, a Bible way of saying, when Jesus died on that cross and his blood was spilt, it was for the forgiveness of our sins. We are cleansed from our sins by the blood of Jesus. Who are God's people? People whom God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit chose, sanctifies, and cleanses. That's extraordinary, isn't it? It means God, Father, Son, and Spirit, is holding us tightly in an embrace that no one could ever rip us out of. We're foreknown by God. We're set apart by the Spirit. We're cleansed by the Son. Extraordinary. And then, and then there's more. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I don't even have to turn a page in my Bible, but make sure you're there in yours. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Now, I suspect we're so detached from the Old Testament and we're also caught up in the culture of individualism. We probably read that and go, oh, yeah, I might even yawn over that one. Uh, A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation... That's all collective. But what about the personal blessings for me and the individual? We're caught up in individualism a lot, aren't we? Listen, your relationship with God is definitely personal. God loves you. When it says God chose you, God chose you. God loves you. God knows you by name. God chose you. Before creation. However, your relationship with God is not private. You are part of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Therefore, of course, church is not optional. Committing to a local church is necessary. Not, not necessarily like committing to a, a club. Yeah, a club will often say, okay, if you're going to commit to us, you have to attend so many times a year or you have to pay this fee. Uh, club membership is usually about how much you pay or how often you attend. That, that's not like God's club. Who are God's people? God's people are... Those whom God chose. Those who the Spirit sets apart. Those whom the Son cleanses. 
those who God calls and chooses into a race. We are God's people. We're a priesthood. We're God's priests within this world. We're a holy nation. That's why church is not an optional extra. We're God's people. And so the next time you're thinking, oh, do I have to get along to church this Arvo? Do I really have to commit to a local church? You've got your answer, don't you? Of course. That's who I am. I'm part of God's people. Who are God's people? Elect, sanctified, sprinkled exiles. A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're, we're God's people. We're God's people. We're God's masterpiece. And so that's who we are. Next, what do we do? And this one's really, really clear. Have a look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 again. But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, now I've put verse 9 up here on the screen, and you see how I've highlighted in bold that you? So, so you're a, we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people for God's own possession, that you. Okay, so God's done all of the first bit, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him. How do you read the that you? How does the that you hit you? Oh man, I guess I better do this. God said I have to. Or is it, wow, <laughs> look at what God's done. Oh, now go and declare the excellencies. Now, I've totally set that up. Obviously, the answer is B. Choose B. So, why are we scared to tell our friends and family about Jesus? Why does the E word frighten us? Evangelism. We're a chosen race. We're that you. God has done this so that you will declare the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why are we scared? Think about anything else that you love. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's a person. Maybe it's that cricketer scoring a double ton. Uh, maybe uh, a favorite meal. I've got one. Oh, it was... Like 15, no, more. I've been in Port Macquarie 17 years. I was in Sydney. A mate of mine cooked this amazing meal. I'm salivating now. Maybe a song. You've got a favorite song. We, we love to praise the things we love, don't we? And then it's not just that. We, we actually love to call people into that joy as well. Isn't she lovely? Oh, you've got to come and hear this song. Oh, you should taste this meal that I just had. We... We love to call people into our joy. C.S. Lewis talks about it. He, he wrote this. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. What do God's people do? 
we proclaim the excellencies of our God. As we enjoy God, we naturally will want to call others into our joy. And so I ask again, why are we reluctant to declare the excellencies of God? Why are we scared of evangelism? Well, I reckon it's because we forget who God is and who we are. Have a look at verse 9 again. I have skipped over something, haven't I? One of the things that's said about God's people, it's, it's just before the that you. We're a holy nation, a people for his own possession. I want you to flick right back to the beginning of the Bible now, or scroll if you're on a phone. Second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 19. We're going to look at verse 5. This is the first time God talks about his people as his possession. You want, to, you want to read this. So I'll give you a bit of time to get there. Exodus 19, verse 5. This is God speaking to Moses just as he's pulled them out of Egypt, about to give the Ten Commandments. And God says this. Now, therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Chew on this. Meditate on this. Let this sink deep down into your soul. God calls his people his treasured possession. Do you see what God says there just after that? You know, all the earth is mine. God who has everything has something that sits above everything. Something that is his treasured possession. It is his people. Have you ever thought of yourself the way God declares you are? His treasured possession. Wow. I heard that our Taylor Swift tickets were hard to get this year. So um, picture yourself wanting to get prized Taylor Swift tickets. And you're lined up and you're just thinking you're not going to get them. And then picture Tay-Tay walking out. And calling your name. Come up here. In front of everyone. Calling your name. Saying this is my best friend. She, he's getting in. And guys that's purely platonic. When she says you're my best friend. Okay. Well, 
Like, you wouldn't just be excited because you're going to the concert. You would be excited. You would be proud as proud because in front of all of your friends, Taylor Swift just called you her best friend, yeah? Now, I'm about to upset most of you. You're not going to come back next week. I don't like Taylor Swift. My kids put her on and we're driving and I just have to listen to her. And some of you don't like her either, so let's forget about Taylor Swift for a moment. The God of the universe. God Almighty. Calls his children out. And says, you are my treasured possession." Before all the angels, before all the demons, God Almighty says, these people are mine. Come on in. That's who God's people are. That is extraordinary. That is the Bible. There's no greater joy than to be loved by God. You and I are made to delight in God. All the things that we enjoy in this life, all the pleasures that we enjoy, they're meant to show us that there's a God. And we're meant to find our pleasure in Him. This is why Augustine wrote in the 4th century, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in God. And as we delight in God, we just cannot help but declare His excellencies. What we do is interwoven with who we are. We don't have to declare God's excellencies. It just flows. God, who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light, you've got to taste Him as well. If we find our evangelism is weak, it is only because we've forgotten who we are. And that's why I've called the last point, fueling up. Athletes, they need to fuel up properly. I mean, if they just eat junk food, they're going to flame out, aren't they? So too in our Christian walk, our spiritual walk, we, we need to eat healthy. We need to fuel up. See, I could send you out with a sugar high right now. God loves you. And he, he does. God loves you. So, that's extraordinary. We, we often use the word nowadays, awesome. Everything's awesome. But surely this is awesome. God loves you. Is that awesome? Now, if I sent us out with just that, only, Which, don't get me wrong, that's true. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, God loves you. But what do we do tomorrow when the teacher says, you failed the exam, you've got to do it all over again? What do we do tomorrow when we wake up with that virus that's going to put us in bed for two weeks? What do we do when a relationship busts up
And, and then what do we do with our evangelism? Yeah, we do share some things in common with our culture. Uh, we, we can lock arms with our culture and, and really care about racism and poverty. I mean, we should actually do a better job on racism and poverty than the rest of the world. Psalm 68 that we just read through, the father of the fatherless and the, the one who cares about the poor. Like, they're real concerns of ours. But there's some things that we have a real concern about that the world doesn't appreciate. Things like abortion and sexuality. How? How do we go out and declare the excellencies of God knowing all of the ups and downs? We're, just, we're going to get hit with colds and sicknesses and all the relational stuff and, and our own sin. And, and then it's, sometimes it's easy to declare the excellencies of God with our mates and sometimes they think we're bigoted. How do we do this? Fuel up. Daily fuel up. Look at, look at how 1 Peter, how Peter first describes us. Back in the first verse, he first introduces himself, tells us who he is, and then he says, to those who are elect exiles. I said we'd come back to it. Elect exiles. An exile is a migrant. And a migrant is someone who's from another country, but now living in this country. And so they have a home there, but they're now living here. That This is their home. Uh, a foot in each camp, if you like. That's what a migrant is. So that's what an exile is. Brothers and sisters, our home is with God. When God saved us, he saved us from darkness into his marvelous light. But here's the thing. At the moment... We only have one foot in his kingdom. Our other foot is here right now. We're elect exiles. We're migrants. Christians used to use the word we're pilgrims. So God wants us to live here right now so that we can declare his excellencies. But let's not forget this isn't where we belong. We belong with him and for his kingdom. One foot in each camp is our reality. Knowing that we're elect exiles, I, I, it helps us, doesn't it? Of course this world is going to hurt. It's not our home. And so if you do get the flu tomorrow, welcome to this world. A foot in each camp. And so, seeing as we're pilgrims, we're elect exiles, we're migrants... We must not withdraw from the world into little Christian bubbles. We need to be in the world to declare the excellencies of God so that others can hear it as well. And, and as we are in the world, we mustn't be so like the world that they don't see anything different about us. We're supposed to declare the excellencies of God. Like I said, at the moment, it is easier to talk about things like racism and poverty with our friends, and, and that, that's a good thing to be involved with. And let, let's be uh, God's people leading in those areas. But, but eventually, those sort of conversations, even in that area, have to get to, okay, yeah, yeah, but where does equality lie? Has sexual freedom really led to freedom? 
let's talk about these things in a way that honors God. We are elect exiles. We have one foot in the kingdom and one foot in this world. And I reckon if we're never being called out by our mates, we're probably not sharing enough about how good God is. However, if we're only known as the jerk, oh, you Christians, you big party poopers all the time, we're probably not sharing the excellencies of God in the way that Jesus did. Have you noticed that about Jesus? He was courageous in the world and compassionate in the world, wasn't he? If you're like me, it's very tempting to be cowardly or cranky. <laughs> and so we need to be more like Jesus, who was courageous and compassionate. Fuel up on Jesus. Look to Jesus, who is the greatest exile to ever live. Jesus left his father's home. Not to parade in front of us with all the Son of God glory, but to serve and to die. Jesus was home and Jesus left home. Fuel up on Jesus. Fuel up on Jesus who says, foxes have holes to lay their head, but the Son of Man has nowhere. Fuel up on Jesus who was crucified outside his city. I mean, Jerusalem is the city of the Messiah and he was crucified outside the city. Jesus truly is the greatest exile. And, and Jesus entered that exile and entered that death so that we could be brought back home. Jesus died the big death. Surely we can go out and die little deaths. We're elect exiles. And we're called to live that exile life with courage and compassion. Just like our Saviour. Let's pray. Oh, Father God. <laughs> you are... Glorious and amazing. We thank you for your salvation. We, we thank you that Jesus has come, that he has died in our place, that you have chosen your people, that, that we are these wonderful exiles you have chosen, you have set apart, you have cleansed. And Father, we want to live as your people. So, so help us taste and see your goodness. And, and, and as we do, would our joy just bubble over and be contagious? Father, help us be courageous when we're scared. Help us be compassionate when uh, we, we're, we're lacking compassion. And we pray this for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for our latest sermon, or better yet, join us live at 9.30 or 5 p.m. Sunday. You can find all the details on our website at tp cc.org.au